0: Welcome, Hoosier fans, to another victorious edition of the Assembly Call. Tonight, your Indiana Hoosiers beat the Western Illinois Leathernecks 98-65 to in the season opener. The Hoosiers got off to a little bit of a slow start, falling down 12-11, to but then blitzed the Leathernecks over the latter part of the first half to take control and really cruised from there. Uh, it was a, a game led predominantly by the likes of uh, Al Durham and Justin Smith, both of whom had... Uh, career or near career highs in the game combining for 45 points uh over the course of the game uh in one that really after the midway point of the first half iu was uh was really not challenged at all so uh, a good start to the season for the hoosiers who got to uh, get a lot of guys in the game uh get some experience and i think as you as you looked ahead on the the schedule overall for iu um you know, that's one of the things that you really looked at was these are the kinds of games that will allow guys to get experience. And in today's game, uh, you know, Devontae was the only guy who sat out. Rob Finnessy played, uh, 18 minutes and, and looked pretty good in doing so. You could tell more of the rust was, uh, chipping off for him. So, uh, overall, a, a game that IU controlled, um, really out-rebounded Western Illinois and, uh, you know, kind of did exactly what you would expect them to do uh, over the course of a game like this based on the competition level. So uh, with that, I'm your host, Andy Bottoms. I'm here with Ryan Phillips and the coach, Brian Tonsoni, and we'll break it all down for you on this edition of the Assembly Call IU Postgame Show. And let's start this show the way we start every show, and that is with our Hoosier Proud banner moment. Uh, And there were, you know, quite a few of those, but... I have a, a longer list than usual of, you know, potential meaningful moments and and things like that. But, you know, Justin Smith was a guy that a, a lot was expected of a season ago and in, in many ways struggled to live up to the expectations that he made at the end of his freshman season. And it, I thought this was particularly early in the first half where he was really active uh, off the ball, really active defensively. And and there was a possession where he got an offensive rebound off of a missed free throw. Uh, he later scored uh, with a little jump hook on, on that on the subsequent possession after that, and then the very next possession on defense, he got a steal uh, and a dunk. And and for me, that was the banner moment because while we don't think, uh, at least not reasonably, no matter how good we felt about this game, uh, that you know a, a title banner is forthcoming for this. Years Hoosiers, I think the ceiling of this year's team is impacted a lot by what they can get out of Justin Smith. And short of, of one stretch where he took a, a couple potential uh, heat check shots and then and they made a silly foul before Archie took him out. Uh, Justin, you know, really acquitted himself Well, he played well against Gannon uh, And tonight, 24 points on 11 of 17 shooting from the field To go with 7 rebounds uh, And all that in just 22 minutes So, uh, you know, for me, there were probably Multiple stretches for him that could have been the banner Moment, but if this team is going to really Overachieve and, and sneak up and surprise People, uh, I think Justin is going to Be a big part of that, and he was certainly a big Part of it tonight, and uh, I- I'm Interested to talk more about what you guys saw From him and, and maybe even some early improvements of what he's doing differently or better this year than he did last. And our banner moment tonight, as always, is brought to you by, and not brought to you by music because I forgot to start the music, uh, is brought to you by our friends at Homefield Apparel, which was founded by an IU grad and remains based in Indianapolis. And if you haven't been paying attention to what's been going on over at Homefield Apparel, you really need to go to their website, homefieldapparel.com, as soon as you can to check it out homefield still has the incredibly soft comfortable bison logo hoodie that coaches sporting on tonight's show and it's made out of their soft tri-blend material in addition to the bison hoodie and the iu basketball champions t-shirt and the vintage sneakers design which is available in a traditional cut three-quarter sleeve cut and a women's cut homefield has also been releasing an iu football inspired design each week during the football season Feel free to tempt fate by getting the Nine Windiana T-shirt, which now has serious potential to be the greatest called shot in sports apparel history, or consider any of their other unique vintage designs that you simply cannot find anywhere else, and certainly not on material this comfortable. Now here's one final note that you need to know before you order. Because you're a member of the Assembly Call audience, you get a massive discount when you order at homefieldapparel.com. Last year, the discount was 15%, but that wasn't good enough for the best podcast audience in the world. So this this year, Home Field agreed to bump it to 20% anytime, whenever you want to order. Just use the promo code ASSEMBLY20 to get that discount. That's ASSEMBLY20. So again, go to HomeFieldApparel.com and use the promo code ASSEMBLY20 for 20% off your entire order. All right, now it's time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team, who tonight is Ryan Phillips and the coach, Brian Tonsoni. And uh, Ryan, we'll go to you first for your rant on the game, um, potentially other than Bo Borowski entering our lives a little bit earlier than we would have preferred uh, at this point in the season. Anything for you to uh, rant about tonight?
1: Had this had that one telegraphed for a few hours. But no, uh, really a nice win. I, I think that the big focus for me wasn't, you know, I think Al Durham obviously being perfect on the night and. Dropping 21 is a big deal, but um, especially considering some, there was some question about how much he'd play or whether he'd play uh, a few days ago. But he started and played great. Uh, you mentioned Justin Smith, really a revelation there. Rob Finnessy looked pretty darn good. Uh, maybe he had some timing issues on passes and stuff. But I think for me, the big takeaway was defense. I, I really thought that the Hoosiers were active. I thought, you know, and, I, and, and people always say, yeah, well, they were playing Western Illinois. No, no, no. Watch their movement. Watch the things that are intangible, the things that don't change based on the opponent, the way that they, you know, react when guys drive, the way that they recover to shooters, things like that don't change depending on the opponent. Yeah, you might get some more block shots and not get as many fouls called on you, and things like that when you're when you're playing a lesser opponent. And, you know, you if you screw up, you won't be punished as often against a lesser opponent. But the movement on defense, the active hands, the way they were would 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 help down and recover the way that they would you know working through screens and not needing a switch um which can can wind up confusing the defense and play into the offense's hands as far as pick and roll and things like that i just thought the defense looked so much better looked worlds better and i tweeted it out this what this defense looks like and what these individual players not necessarily the team defense but individual players everybody looked better and that's what you wanted when you hired Archie Millers you wanted to import that defense that that forces people to the middle of the floor and forces people back to where there's help i just I, I i don't know i really thought that that everybody chipped in and played really good defense and you saw also the benefits of all that size that indiana has in with the 47 rebounds against 28 rebounds i mean you just saw how difficult it's going to be for teams to outmuscle muscle Indiana and, and beat up Indiana as they've been able to do for what seems like about the last seven seasons. Just be able to beat up an Indiana team that was so guard centric. All that size, all that length, and that Smarts defensively, to help recover, get to the rim, and then you know be able to help off the weak side and recover to your man still, help off the weak side, maybe get a block, and then recover to make sure you 're not giving up an easy bucket the other way. Uh, that was the big takeaway for me. I just thought that they showed such smarts defensively and and really played the way that you would want a, a pack line team. Coach by Archie Miller to play. And we finally saw that tonight. It's like a lot of light bulbs were going off for a lot of these guys finally. And that's what you expect in the third year in the pack line. We'll see if he keeps up. But that was the thing that jumped out to me the most
0: the one area that has to concern us all is the uh, free throw defense that carried IU through so many games uh, last <laughs> season, 14 <laughs> of 15 for Western Illinois tonight. So that needs work in practice, but uh, that'll get figured out. Uh, all right. All kidding aside, uh, the coach is here with us. So uh, now it's Tonsoni time and, uh, and coach what's stood out to you from the game tonight?
2: Well, you know, Ryan said it in the chat. It's our first game, too. And you notice that Jared is putting us into new positions to see the different lineups and the different combinations of things that can work from the halftime show uh, to the postgame show and hosting. So, you know, Jared's pulling a little Archie Miller with 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 our group. And and so hopefully we can fulfill um, what what he thinks we need to do for the Indiana basketball team. I'm going to say a couple of things. Team. I think that with the depth and uh, and the defense and the offense playing more as a team, more ball movement, more player movement on offense, uh, Ryan mentioned the defense. I thought it, the stances, the positioning, the effort, the, and the second and third efforts were fantastic. And those are the Wait, things. How noticeable
1: was that? The stances, yeah. like an effort.
2: It was just great. And and I think that, uh, again, you, you have to relax. And It's the first game against the Western Illinois, but uh, um, as Ryan said, you look for things that are better than last year that will carry over regardless of who you play. And I think there were a lot of things in today's uh, game that will help this team reach its potential, whatever its natural talent will be once everyone everyone's back. And I, and I mentioned at halftime and, and a little bit on Twitter, um, on the Assembly Call Twitter feed, I wanted to see if this team's tough. And I think tough teams win. And that's what everyone believed Archie Miller was going to bring. And now that he's got more of his guys in there, would he be able to get this team to be tough? And I I thought last year's team was talented, but maybe not together and maybe not tough. And what really showed me their toughness was they handled 21 point lead at halftime and they came out and they played and they played all the way up to the end. They made some mistakes they, they turned the ball over, maybe a couple of bad shots in the second half, but the attitude and the effort was there throughout the second half. And it really showed the coaches as well. The first three sets in the second half, inside, 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 attack the rim, get filed, set the tone for the second half. There was no law. Um, if there was, it was that second unit uh, between the second, the first TV timeout and the second TV timeout, that scripted uh, set of uh, uh, lineups did not produce very well. I think they were um, plus eight. The first eight minutes of the of the halves were plus eight. But I think overall, team, this is a basketball team, and that's what Indiana fans want. And I think that it's it's starting to show some signs of toughness. Always has to improve from game one to game two.
0: Yeah, it, it's interesting to, you know, Ryan talked about the defense. It was a stretch. I need to go back and actually figure out what the, the time of these was. But it, it looked like roughly about 20 minutes of game action where they went, and didn't allow Western Illinois to score on consecutive possessions. Now, as soon as I started to think about that, Western Illinois scored in about five straight. But from about the somewhere before the the under twelve timeout in the first half to probably close to the under twelve timeout in the second half, didn't allow consecutive uh, scoring possessions by the opponent. So uh, I, I would agree with you that you know they were able to kind of maintain that level of focus coming out uh, in the second half. Uh, so in terms of the you, you know the big headlines from tonight, I think. A lot of that starts with Justin and Al. Um, so with Justin, I, I know I mentioned him a, a little bit earlier, but but Ryan, what were your overall impressions of him? And and again, it's two games, but uh, have you seen anything from him uh, in his in his junior season that uh, you really think he's been able to sustain over these first couple games?
1: Yeah, I just think he looks confident and comfortable. I mean, there's no discomfort to his game. I mean, he's out there trying to steal the ball. Instead of you know, reacting and, and moving backwards defensively, he's jumping out and looking to dive on a ball and, and move it forward. We saw a couple breakaway dogs from him that was just aggressiveness. That's all it was defensively it was aggressiveness. It wasn't anything other than that. Uh, it wasn't great technique or anything like that. It was just, Hey, there's a ball kind of loose. I'm going to go jump on it and, and, and go push it and maybe go up on the floor, go up the floor. Um, he's just a guy who needs confidence. He, he has every physical tool in the book. We've talked about this endlessly for the last couple of years, the physical stuff. He doesn't need to work on um, his jump shot. Maybe still needs some work, but, this is a guy who can attack the rim with any man and then transition. He just goes straight for the, he was just going straight for the rim. He wasn't questioning it. He wasn't holding up. He wasn't waiting for somebody else to take the ball away from him and do something. He was pushing it and, and trying to get in to the paint and, and get a layup. And there's just an aggressiveness. And um, you hope that doesn't go away against better opponents? I mean, he knows he's physically more imposing than anybody on Western Illinois. But he's just confident, and he looks like he knows what he's doing out there, and he looks that he knows he can get points, and and knows that he can attack. Defensively, he was looking to help out everybody because he know he, he he looked like he knows he's a guy who physically can go pin a ball on the backboard, knows he can, you know, be imposing if he steps in if somebody gets by somebody else, he can step in and uh, you know dissuade them from shooting the ball. Um, I just thought that he looked like a smarter, more confident, comfortable player. That was that was it. That was what jumped out. It wasn't anything specifically about technique or anything like that. It was just he looked like he believed he could score when he had the ball, which is something that we'd only seen fits and starts in the past where he'd have a stretch of about five possessions where he thinks he can score and then the rest of the game, he kind of coasts through it. This is a kid who looks like he's confident, looks like he's coming into his own as a junior. We'll he's see. was locked in. He was yeah, locked cause, in cause, all night long. Because in the past... We've seen maybe one game like that, and then the next game it falls apart, and it takes three games to get him back to it. Then we'll see it again. It's about consistency, and I think the same thing would hold true for Devontae Green. We know they can do it. It's whether or not they believe they can do it and whether or not they're consistent in their actions on the floor.
0: Yeah, I thought you know with Justin it was kind of being engaged, activity level, whatever you want to say. I mean, he had three offensive rebounds, three steals, and two blocks. I mean, all of those things speak to me to a guy who really was – was locked in as you said coach and the other thing i noticed about him and i think there's some opportunities for guys to to improve at getting him the ball in these situations but as soon as the ball went into the post more often than not he was trying to make a hard cut toward the basket and that manifested itself in in a couple easy baskets but those guys really have to um, make sure that they're looking for him but i thought his movement off the ball has a lot better than what we've seen uh in, in recent years coach any Thoughts on on that aspect of his game
2: Well, again, we need to see consistency, and that needs to be game to game now too. He can't show up the next game and, and not be locked in because Indiana's going to need him locked in, and he uh, we'll talk stats in the, in the second segment, but he only had 22 minutes. Um, with, with the depth, if I'm reading the box score right, 24 points, seven rebounds in 22 minutes. But the thing that I saw early was his stance. I'm a big stance guy. If someone's locked in a stance and moving their feet, they might get beat every once in a while because this is an athletic game. But if you make a, a guy you guard your yard, go around instead of a direct drive. And Justin was locked in, um, and, and and that. He's always been a really better defensive player than offensive player so far in his college career. And we've been really tough on him on the, on the mental side. Uh, all of the fans and everyone's been really tough. We have to really give a lot of praise for his mental toughness uh, tonight. And it really showed. And if he can do that consistently, man, this is going to be fantastic. He needs to be more aggressive on his jumper. I think he holds on to it too long and shoots on the way down. He missed a three, missed a mid-range. He did hit a three later. He got his feet set, and I thought that was better for him. So that is the one technical uh, part that he needs to get better. But loved his little jump hook post move. Loved his offensive rebounding and putbacks, getting out on the break. It's just a fantastic effort in, in game one. We just need to make sure we see it game two, three, four, and five.
1: Yeah, I
0: thought for as much as this team wants to play through, you know, the the – more noted big guys, I guess, in terms of Jeron Davis and Joey Brunk and, and Trace Jackson Davis, I, there were a number of guys who were really posting up. Justin's done that a little bit more in these couple games, um, has made a couple of jump hooks. They were even posting up Demesey toward the end, which maybe was part of who was in the game at that point. But, um, you know, Race had a nice move inside. So, you know, again, this this identity of of getting the ball inside is one that we're going to continue to see from them, and, and hopefully that play can continue from Justin. Uh, in terms of other individual players, storylines. The other big one was, was Al Durham for a variety of reasons. You know, One, uh, we hadn't seen Al yet this year. It got, got dinged up at the end of the, the secret scrimmage against Marquette, was held out of the game against Gannon, and then uh, as part of the media availability, he was there and you know said he was ready to go. And, uh, and was he ever? 21 points, seven of seven from the field, including three of three from three-point range, four of four from the free throw line. Uh, four rebounds, three assists, and uh, and again plus minus in a one game sample. You know you can say whatever you want about it, but he was plus thirty seven in twenty seven minutes. So uh, that at least bears mentioning, if if nothing else. Even if we think that might not mean a whole lot, um, but but coach. Um, You know, seeing Allen there running the point uh, a bit at the beginning and uh, really shooting the ball confidently, he he didn't look like a guy that and didn't play like a guy who had been banged up. But uh, you know, what stood out to to you from his uh, perfect game tonight?
2: Well, watching him so far when we've been able to see him, his shot looks so much better. He a lot of arch better, and it's soft at the rim, and he's just playing with confidence. And the thing I think that Indiana fans, again, in a game like this, what you take away are those things that are going to carry over. Uh, I think Indiana's always been ranked by all the national media at their floor. I think we're seeing Justin Smith way above his floor from what he performed last year. And if Al Durham can be consistent in how he played tonight, that's um, going to be an increase in what maybe people expected from from this team talent-wise. But Al was very confident. I thought he handled the point guard uh, really, really well. If you, If you wanted to find something, I think a few decisions on the break. And I think the whole team, the transition offense decisions – were were're were not great, some were okay, but overall i would I would rate that maybe at a c their decision making on the break, uh, even though the pace was good, but l was a reason he 's been working at the point guard, everyone wondered could he play the point guard and now with Finness and l playing at this level, that just gives a lot of flexibility to run in an offense uh, to coach Miller. so his game offensively was great, um, and I thought defensively he uh, obviously he held his own, uh, and we 'll see it when we play tougher competition but uh, Al Durham playing the way he did is it, it was just fantastic to see in Game One, especially with the limited guard depth early in the season.
0: Yeah, Ryan. Anything in particular stand out with Al? The other thing I would mention is you know he was really active defensively at the beginning yep. of the game. Uh, the announcers even made mention of it. You know, to Coach's point about being in a stance, and uh, you know they said he kind of looked angry. Uh, out there, which I think is a a potentially good sign for a guy who's usually smiling quite a bit. But uh, mm. anything anything additional that you wanted to hit with Al?
1: I mean, I, I just thought that he was great. I thought especially early when things were kind of you know. There was a bit of a struggle, obviously, first game. And, and the first couple games, you're going to have those early struggles, and you're going to have the opponent take the lead early on. And it's going to be like, oh, what's going on? And then, you know, things will settle into their rhythm. Same as in the exhibition. Uh, I thought he really settled them down by hitting a couple shots. Uh, one of them was a long two that I think he meant to be a three. I don't think he was <laughs> intending to shoot a long two, but he hit back to back a three and, a, and then a long two. And then he hit another three on the break. And he just, he was very confident with. The shot and very confident with the ball in his hands. He's again, a guy like Justin Smith who knew that I'm better than the guys on the other team. I'm going to go take it to them and make them defend me as opposed to, I'm going to figure out how to get around their defense. No, make the defense react to you, not the other way around. And uh, I just thought he was aggressive and smart and move the ball when he needed to drove when he needed to passed when he needed to. Um, and, and, you know, to finish the night seven to seven from the field, Three of three from the fee, uh, from three point range, four of four from the line, four rebounds, three assists. I mean, he he it was a well rounded effort, and and um I, I just I was impressed with how he played and the pace he played with and how definitive he was in his movements and, and things like that. You know, it wasn't just uh he he wasn't just trying to you know defer to other people. He was. I'm going to make this decision and I'm going to go and I'm going to find a spot and, and I'm going to make you pay for the way you're defending me. And, um, that was the way, quite frankly, Al Durham should be playing and should have that, that attitude, especially because look with the depth this team has on the interior, we're going to need some guards to attack as well, to help open that up, help open the interior up for them. So, um, I, I thought it was really encouraging to see that from Al, especially this is now at a hundred percent. And, and, um, You know, he and Finacy both are not at 100%, but I thought both played pretty well. And I think it's hilarious to look at the box score. And obviously, plus minus isn't everything, but Al is a plus 37 on the night. And I think that um, that is uh, indicative of how he played.
0: Also indicative of you not listening when I had said that a minute ago. So No, I know. Indicative of many things, but that's fair. Can I reiterate what you say and make you look better by agreeing with you? Oh, you're so, you're so benevolent. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, well, coming up, we're going to continue. <laughs> All right, coming up, we're going to continue our breakdown of IU's 98 to 65 victory over Western Illinois. We'll point out the meaningful moment you might have missed, and go inside the numbers. When we come back here on the Assembly Call. Stick with us.
2: This is Jordan Halls, and I never miss a shot
0: or an episode of the Assembly Call. All right. Thank you, Jordan. Uh, You're listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. I'm Andy Bottoms here with Ryan Phillips and the coach, Brian Tonsoni. And we're breaking down Indiana's 98 to 65 victory over Western Illinois. And now it's time for today's meaningful moment that you might have missed. I actually, I feel like I usually struggle to come up with these, but I thought they were uh, m- maybe because so many guys contributed at various points today. I, I felt like there were uh, a number of these. Um, I- I'm going I'm to use one of them to, to touch on Armand, um, who, who didn't score a- as much as he did uh, in the, uh, in the exhibition game, partly because you know Al was back, I think, but, um, ends up with five points, but added five rebounds and eight assists, uh, with no turnovers. And I, I thought one of the things he did really well, there was a, uh, there was a point earlier in the game, um, where IU gave up a basket and, and it definitely seems to be, I kind of go back to what Mike Roberts said going into halftime of the exhibition game about how they really wanted to push the pace. And, I thought you saw that from them tonight, in a lot of cases, after made baskets. So uh, this is some point in the first half, they give up a basket. Armand pushes it up, and basically within a few seconds of the you know the shot clock turning on, he's giving it to Joey Brunk for a, a layup. And I thought that was indicative of, of IU's mindset in the game. And as Coach mentioned, I thought there was some uh, maybe not great decisions at some of the times when they were really trying to push it. But you did see a level of aggressiveness after makes and misses. And I thought Armand embodied that really well. That that he did a nice job of, uh, you know, pushing the ball. Got a, a lot of guys open for easy shots right by the basket, just because of his willingness to, uh, to push it. So so, coach, we've had you know a couple games where we've watched Armand. Uh, I think both impressive for different ways. And, and for me, you continue to watch him, and then it kind of feels like you're one of those where you you know you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube at some point where you've kind of seen enough of him that um while it doesn't mean he's going to start when everybody's healthy or any of those kinds of things but i think he's really carving out a role for himself based on what he's doing on the floor
2: yeah, and as a freshman coming in, there, there's two types of freshmen. There's freshmen that are going to play early. There are freshmen, uh, or maybe three types, that are going to play after the non-conference season. They get their feet wet, they build, they, they learn the game, and then there maybe are those freshmen that have to learn all freshmen a year. And, and I thought Franklin might be someone that would just ease their way into um, some playing time as the season went on and then would be there and, and be a you know, ten to fourteen minute guy in the meat of the Big Ten schedule. I think that's going out the window. Uh, I, I think his play early, due to the injuries, has forced him to learn. But he's again like Rob Finnessy last year, where uh, we said the same thing that Rob was going to have to back up Devonte and get his feet wet. Well, Rob just started right away and played well. Now the minutes will, but when you college game, regardless, and you get twenty seven minutes. Uh, eight assists and no turnovers, and you play the style of defense that you play, then I think he he is a contributor from day one. And then those worries about guard depth, uh, still there, obviously, with the injuries, but that helps quite a bit, uh, ease some of those injury concerns. And then when everyone's happy, or um, we're all happy now, but when everyone is back healthy, then I think, boy, there's some rotations that you can do. Uh, with, with Armand. I thought he took a couple questionable shots. I think I saw Archie get on him one. He pulled up over two people uh, when he didn't really have a, have a shot, but that's going to happen in the game. And in fact, you kind of want a few, want some of those because you want aggressiveness. You don't want players to be passive. So Ar- Armand's really been uh, a surprise to me, not that he couldn't do this, that he's just doing it earlier than, than expected.
1: Yeah. In 27 minutes, um, he, he looked really good. Eight assists, five rebounds, uh, and he looks confident. He looks like a guy who thinks he belongs. And again, I know I keep saying that about a few of these guys, but there have been times of the past few seasons where guys do not look like they belong and, and do not look like they think they belong physically. They'll be there, but mentally, they just don't look like they're ready to attack, look like they're ready to to play in the system, look like they're not questioning every move they make. And, and, Franklin does not question the moves he makes. He is aggressive and he is, you know, uh, ready to prove himself. I, I think that a guy like Al Durham, when he stepped on campus, kind of reminds me of Franklin, where a lot of people were like, Well, he's a three star, he's gotta work on his shot, he's gotta do this, he's gotta do that. And Al Durham came on campus and said, No, I'm gonna play and did and and proved that he needed to be on the floor. He did it through defense first and the offense has developed. I think Franklin looks like a guy who's balanced both ways. I mean, I don't think he's gonna sit there and 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 you know hit pull up jumpers or knock down threes consistently or anything like that. But he's a guy who fits, and he's a guy who looks like he can play. And um, you know, to play as as coach said, twenty seven minutes and no turnovers when he was handling the ball is just wildly impressive. And uh, I, I just think that you know, especially and also only two fouls to not foul that much as a freshman is. I mean, shocking. After
2: his seven in the secret scrimmage, that yeah. was a concern.
1: Uh, you know, so he just looks like a guy who, again, is comfortable and confident. And and that might be the key to this team. I mean, we're starting to see it emerge is, you know, Al Durham looks confident. And he, he did last year, but he looks even more confident. Looks like he's comfortable with his role. Armand Franklin looks like he belongs. Justin Smith, looks like he belongs. Rob Finnessy, we expect that. But even with the injuries, maybe we expected him to look a little uncomfortable. Nah. Race Thompson, I thought, looked really good out there. He's going to score four points, but grab six rebounds, look like a, a presence on the interior on both ends. I, I mean, there's just guys who look like they are ready to play. and And that wasn't the case last year, and it wasn't the case the year before. These guys look like they are here not to just be on the team, but play and contribute.
0: Yeah, you you mentioned a couple other guys that I had jotted down some moments for and and Jared actually put a few in the in the run sheet as well. So let's let's touch on fantasy first. I do want to get back to race. Um, there was a play in the first half that Rob was defending somebody out kind of close to half court, dove on the floor. You know, again, I think a a good sign uh, for a guy who's battled some injuries uh, and and really still looked rusty at times tonight. But you could start to see a little bit more of uh you know his his kind of normal game so he did that eventually Justin Smith ends up with the ball for a dunk uh after that Jared touched on a a you know kind of heat check three pointer that he took in the first half which uh you know he he kind of mentioned was good to see because he was you know confident enough to take it uh and then you know just being able to come back in the second half he said he noticed him um you know, walking a little gingerly at a couple points, I thought he might have started to cramp up a little bit at the end. Um, hoping that maybe why he he looked the way that he did there. But I thought you at least started to see him get back to to more of what you know we we envisioned for him as he moves into his sophomore season. He ends up with 14 points, made six out of ten um, from the field, three assists. Uh, did have the three turnovers. I thought he you know was one of the guys sometimes in transition, um, knowing you know, when to, to let up a little bit, but, uh, overall, Ryan, I thought that, that he, you know, again, he's a guy who hasn't practiced a lot, but you could start to see some of the rush shake off tonight.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it's what you expected from him though. Right. I mean, he's, he's just always so consistent and, um, I don't know. I I just think that the, what did you think coach? I mean,
2: yeah, I, I always go, I'm a defensive guy. I like the way he he came out. If you're hurting and trying to just get through the motions and get some minutes in, you're not going to give that kind of effort on defense. And his stance and a diving on the floor and he, I think he got beat some. That he won't get beat when when he's healthy. Uh, but that that shows me a lot. And then his aggressiveness offensively is something that this team needs, not just a distributor, but he can score. I yeah. I, I just think I think 14 points in in 18 minutes, and we know those those minutes are going to go up with his health this was a great sign because a week ago when Archie said he hadn't he's having you know trouble getting getting to practice almost at all uh, you thought he was going to be out till mid-December till he was back healthy and, and he's looking like he's closer to that than 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 what we thought
1: and he stepped into two threes confidently I mean yes. he made one of two but stepped into two threes confidently it didn't have a ton of assists but I thought he moved the ball really well I think that assists in this On this team, are going to be a group effort. You're going to have one guy with eight one game when, and the next game he'll have one. But they're all going to be moving the ball, and and that's what I thought with Finney tonight. Is that he moved the ball really well? A couple turnovers. I thought all the turnovers were sort of quick passes that maybe you know where maybe he he, there was one that was a no look bounce pass that he threw. He looked off and threw it, and it was just like the timing's not there on that stuff yet. And a couple of his of his other passes that were. um, one of his other passes that was a turnover was just, you know, again, timing is not down yet, but
2: he looks rusty in his yes. decision-making. Like he sees the opening and then it's he's just a, a little late or he's too quick or something, but, and that's from not getting those practice reps. Agreed.
1: And and I think that he's the guy who is, if he's efficient this year, it's going to be a huge boost. To IU and he was, he was efficient tonight, six of 10, um, three assists, two rebounds did have the three turnovers, but I thought moved the ball really well on offense. And, and you know, especially for only turning in 18 minutes, I thought it was a really nice shift for him tonight. And hopefully he just develops, can, you know, he continues to develop a comfort um, with the injury, you know, coming back from the injury. So, yeah, I, I thought it was a positive for Rob, especially, you know, early. I thought that as the game went on, you could probably maybe see a little bit of fatigue kicking in in the second half. But um, I, I really thought that he came out well.
0: Yeah, I think for for him it was good to see him be able to play more minutes. in in some ways in my head, when it it was clear that Al was going to be available, he kind of wondered if those two would just kind of swap out and maybe Rob wouldn't play a whole lot. So I thought that the fact that he felt well enough on the heels of uh, you know kind of playing and, and presumably practicing more since the other exhibition game that that was a uh, that was a positive. So coach and I both had something for Ray. So we'll be uh, we'll have to see if we ended up with the same. Same moment, but I did think he had some moments as well. The the one that I wrote down was Finneysey missed a three. Everybody kind of stood a little bit, and Race went chased it down in the corner, ended up getting fouled, made both free throws, which was just an added bonus given how the free throw shooting had gone in the second half at that point. And then on the next possession, defensively, and I think this is where you really see him potentially making an impact. Um, you know, I think Western Illinois, and we're going to see tons of teams use this. We're trying to put Brunk and Davis in a lot of ball screens. And race on the subsequent defensive possession really did a good job of rotating back and and basically made a good enough defensive play to prevent uh, a basket, uh, you know, from from a guy right in the lane, um, just by being aware and being in the right spot in the rotation. And I thought, um, you know, that summarizes the kind of thing that he can do and that he can bring to the table uh, really well. So, coach, you nodded as I was saying that. So I'm assuming that one of those, I at least we uh, we hit on the same one.
2: 1259 offensive rebound in the corner, uh, was exactly the one that, uh, I had written down. Uh, I, I just race is going to be those guys that is one of those guys. That's not going to necessarily surprise you on the stat sheet, but those little things add up. Um, and that's a free two points by his hustle. Uh, from under the basket on the opposite side, I think he had to track that down. He did not give up on the play, and that's two points for Indiana. In tight ball games, that's going to mean a lot, as well as the defensive coverage. And, and I think once he gets up to – I think you got two guys in Hunter and Thompson that once they get their feet wet and playing and playing collegiately and the scouting reports and getting those feels, you'll see those minutes go up because they do a lot of things that Indiana needs – they're just, you know, got to get into the flow of college basketball after being out for for so long due to the injuries.
0: Yeah, I think you know, I think talking about him here gets to a point that I know Ryan was was making in the chat around the the balance on the team, and you know, we've kind of gone through and highlighted a couple of really strong performances from from Justin and Al, some some contributions from you know guys like Rob and and Race, um, and, and I do think whether that's a, a, a a true winning formula that, that you can have a team that's going to play, you know, eight, nine, 10 guys, and, and maybe it's not the same guy night in and night out. I guess that remains to be seen whether that can be effective for this team. Um, but I do think Ryan, as as you mentioned in the chat, that the balance on this team is, is definitely one of its greatest assets, uh, in the absence of a true kind of standout star, uh, or or whatever you want to say. So, so what did you see tonight that, that made that stand out to you in particular?
1: Well, there's a lot of interchangeable parts, right? I mean, you know, race Thompson, trace Jackson Davis, uh, Jerome Hunter, even in the, in the post some tonight. I mean, there's, it's just, there's a lot of guys who can do a lot of things for you. And I I just think that, look, I mean, you had four guys in double figures tonight, two of them had 20 plus with Durham and, 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 Justin Smith, but then you had trace Jackson Davis with eight, you had Jerome Hunter with seven, you had race Thompson had only had four, but had six rebounds and, uh, you know, in 14 minutes and, and played really well when he was in there. I mean, there's just that we talked about even a year ago that this roster shaping up the way it was going to shape up was going to be a very balanced roster. There wasn't going to be one star who leads the way it's going to be a balanced roster. And there's going to be contributions from a lot of different guys. I mean, Joey Brunk got you 11 tonight. How often in Big Ten play is he going to get you 11? I don't know, but Deron Davis also only played eight minutes and had two, and we know he's capable of getting 15 in a Big Ten game because he's done it before. Um, so I just see there's a lot of guys who can help you every night. It's like hockey line shifts. I mean, you know, that's how deep they are. Is they could literally change all five guys on the floor, and he'd still feel pretty good about it because there's guys who can contribute at different levels. I mean, Trace Jackson Davis – you know, you leave it, him in for 30 minutes tonight, he's probably pushing a double-double. Um, you know, he had 8.6 boards, but, you know, he's probably getting you four more rebounds and and at least two more points if you, if you leave him in for another eight minutes, eight to 10 minutes. So um, I just think that there's different guys. There's a lot of different guys who can contribute. And when you get Devontae Green back, that's yet another guy who can really contribute. When Deron Davis can run, you know, for a full 15, 20 minutes, that's another guy who can really contribute when Jerome Hunter gets used to playing college basketball. That's another guy who can do, who can give you more than 16 minutes if he needs to. And and maybe those 16 minutes will be better than the 16 he turned into tonight. So I just think there's a lot of depth on this team and there's a lot of depth that can contribute. I mean, it's useful depth, not just guys who you can run out there to pick up five fouls. I mean, there's useful depth on this team and, uh, That's what I mean when I say balance, is that when you sub Trace Jackson Davis out for Race Thompson, you're not rolling your eyes at, oh, God, what are we going to do now? You're getting a legitimate guy who can come in and contribute. And and we haven't seen that in a while. I mean, when there's that much depth on the team and uh, that depth can be detrimental because, you know, some guys don't get enough playing time and don't develop fast enough. But you look at this team and you feel like these are all guys who can contribute. They all need to be in there.
0: All right, well, let's go uh, inside the numbers. And as you might suspect in a game where uh, IU scored ninety-eight points and won by thirty-three, uh, there are a lot of positive numbers on the uh, on the IU side of the ledger. We touched on the rebounding. Uh, I guess a couple things from a, a team stat standpoint that I'll I'll lead off with. Uh, one of them is this is the second straight game if you if you count the exhibition game where team didn't shoot a lot of free throws in the first half and came out and shot a ton in the second half. Just seemed to be
1: yeah, I think it speaks to wore a little them down. Of, wore
0: down. Uh, yeah, I mean, just, they could kind of get the ball where they wanted, and I think to to coach's point, they they really came out in the second half and and exerted their will on him and 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 put it away. So IU gets to the free throw line twenty one times in the second half after getting there just four times in the first half. Made fifteen of them, so seventy one percent in the second half and sixty eight percent overall for the game. Uh, it was kind of ugly at the beginning of the the second half. It was kind of a make one miss one, but they uh, you know eventually did a good job there. By the same token shot just two three pointers in the second half ended up five of eleven from three for the game again I think that fits in with a lot of what we what we yeah. talked about they're not going to be a team that shoots a lot of volume but hopefully they're uh, quality shots and I think for the most part uh, they were there are a couple you know kind of heat checks that I would uh, that I would put in there and then the turnovers you know 11 in total uh, for the game seven in the second half they had four in the first I think eleven possessions. I think I tweeted out at some point i u the first eleven possessions they had scored on seven of them and turned it over on the other four um and and one of the crimson cast guys you know tweeted out like if they're gonna score on basically two thirds of their possessions, like I don't care what they do on the on the other third uh which to some extent is fair and i think in my view, most of the turnovers felt like being aggressive, almost overly aggressive as opposed to just being sloppy.
1: Yeah, they weren't, they weren't team turnovers because there was no Because sh- there was going to be a shot clock violation or something like that. No, it yeah, was
0: definitely not. We were, there was yeah. no risk of a shot clock violation, I would
1: say, at, at yeah, any point were, in this one. They were trying to make something happen, which I'll always accept. It's like an offensive foul. If you're going towards the hoop, yeah, there's sometimes where it's stupid and you slow up and not do that. But if you're in the half court and you get a, you get a, a charge for being aggressive and going for a layup, I'm fine with that.
0: Yeah, Coach, any of those stats uh, stand out to you or anything else to, to look at that uh, as you as you look down the the box score stands out to you?
2: Well, you know, if you just go percentages, 45% sent from three and 68 from free throw, you, you got to like that. Um, you, you dig deep into the team stats, though. You you win the bench points, you win the points in the paint, and, and that, that's probably going to happen against Western Illinois no matter how you play, but I do think um, – I do think the aggressiveness uh, of Indiana was really something they can build on, even as the opponents get tougher. And and I think they took advantage of what they could take advantage of. I I just really love that three-set start to the second half. We're up 21. Let's go into the post. Let's ISO for Justin Smith. Um, But I I think that adds when when you're – you know, you have something to take advantage of and get to the foul line. Then, then you see good stats. Eleven turnovers, eighteen assists to eleven turnovers is, is something as as well. And I think in these blowouts, guys, there's there's two ways you can win against competition like this and play bad and win by twenty, twenty four, and think that you're headed in the right direction. And then it's the style of way you, you play. And as Ryan said in his opening, the intangibles. And I think all of these numbers on the stat sheet show that. There are things that Indiana, if they are consistent and can keep getting better at, will make them very competitive in, in, in the games as a as season goes on. And so despite the opponent and, and, and that, I, I think you can go right down the line and find all kinds of uh, great numbers. I'll go back to the rebounding, though. You had four, four people with six or more rebounds, and you had two guards with five and four. I, I think, again, rebounding after the first game was an emphasis, and they came back, and I thought they did an outstanding job Uh, on that as well.
1: Let me, let me just go go with one. You mentioned the three point shots and there are only two in the second half they didn't need to shoot threes. They were getting anything they wanted. They were either going inside and either getting fouled or scoring at the rim consistently. So, you know, they didn't need to back it out and shoot a three or kick it out and shoot a three. They were just getting whatever they wanted at the rim. So it wound up really working out. I agree with you. That needs to be a little more balanced. I mean, five of 11 on the night looks good percentage-wise, but let's face it, they're not going to only shoot 11 three-pointers in games this year. This was the fact that they just had such a dominant size advantage. So guys are going to need to knock those down. But I mean, you know, really it was it was fine with me watching it um but the other thing was I, I thought that stood out to me was as coach said, the rebounding advantage i mean to to out rebound western illinois was it 47 to what was the other what did western 28. illinois 28 yeah so 47 to 28 just absolutely maul them on the boards uh, this team's going to have to win with that this year because of the size and the limitations in the backcourt as far as depth goes so you're going to have to see that there's a lot of size a lot of length on this indiana team and they're going to need to win win in the paint
0: yeah, the other other couple things that I saw, um, these are largely on the on the defensive end. Um, twenty points off of twelve turnovers, so we almost to get, uh, you know, two points off of every turnover at least come close to it. Uh, held Western Illinois to seven of twenty four three point shooting. That was something that was an emphasis for them. I uh, think in listening to the uh, the Crimson Cast preview, there were a couple guys uh, on Western Illinois that had shot it well last year. Didn't really think anybody got into a rhythm, even some of the ones that. Uh, you know, they made were uh, you know, one was banked in, one's the one at the end of the half. So you know, those were and, a, a little bit flukier in nature.
2: Andy, that that's good pack line defense too. Not getting driven, being able to tag someone and recover quickly. Uh, and, and I know there's some talk out there about three point defense is is not necessarily whether you play good. It's it, it's whether you know the shots and all that kind of statistical analysis. But I thought the defense was better in contesting shots and making people uncomfortable that hasn't been there as as well as i mean as needed in the past so i think that's a good stat to bring up and, and something to watch as as the competition gets tougher
0: yeah other thing uh, from a team standpoint fast break points 31 to 5 for iu some of that is aided by the turnovers but some of that uh, again is the overall aggressiveness uh, that i felt iu showed in in really pushing the ball Uh, In terms of individual stuff, I feel like we've hit on, you know, most of the, most of the big ones you had uh, as Ryan, I think you said four guys in double figures plus uh, plus trace with eight and uh, Jerome Hunter with seven. So you got six guys with at least seven points. Uh, You guys talked about the balance from a rebounding standpoint Uh, and you, and you saw a lot of guys play, it looks like what, five, six, maybe nine, nine to 10 guys played at least 14 minutes. Um, So again, you, you know, there can be complaints about the early season schedule and things like that. But uh, in a lot of ways, tonight's game showed why you would schedule that way. Um, Because for a team with trying to integrate some, some pieces who either are new to the team or haven't played in a while, um, I, it did present a good opportunity to get a lot of guys, uh, game action, and I think you can go down the list and and find a contribution from just about everybody. But
1: uh, yeah, if coach- you got a team full of, full of seniors and juniors, it doesn't matter how difficult your early season schedule is. It, it, but this makes a difference, I think, giving these guys the confidence as they
2: play.
0: Yep, coach. Any other individual uh, numbers standouts here? Or are we uh, ready to move along to game balls? <laughs>
2: Let's just talk a little bit about Joey Brunk, 11 points and seven rebounds in 21 minutes, and, and it, if there's a quiet thing, he's just tough. He just finds himself around the basket, good position on a fast break to post up and get something early. He just does a lot of little things, and that's what we've heard about all summer, and, and that is showing by example as well as his uh, leadership, uh, vocal leadership. You can see why Joey Brunk is a, a good addition. He's not going to be a style guy. But he's going to be a guy that really shows uh, this team how to play, and I think that's an interesting stat line, uh, and it just wasn't a dominant, but that's almost – I mean, that's real close to a double-double if he gets a few more minutes. Uh, I think I think that's that's a nice individual stat line um, to, to look at.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you brought him up. I, I thought it was kind of a mixed bag with him for me. Yep. I mean, I think all of his shots were – you know, off of good feats or people or offensive rebounds where he's right by the, right by the hoop, um, took the one kind of crazy turn on, fall away shot, whatever. Um, yeah, never do that again, Joey, please. That was, yeah. yeah, I mean, I could, I mean, that could have gone up in the, you know, in the rafters with the Jeremiah April shot though, had that, had that gone down, but (laughs) I I thought for him, um, in early in the game, it, it seems like he was being, he was allowing, the Western Illinois defense to really make him catch the ball way too far out on the floor. And um, in our community, Jordan Sperber had done something and kind of talked about how challenging it was for guys that really needed to rely on backing people down through multiple dribbles to be able to to do things. And and I think there were times that he, you know, Justin Smith would cut to the basket. He was late to see him uh, or didn't see him. Um uh, but I did think he played better in the second half I think he has a good understanding of positioning and how to get himself where he needs to be as a, as a guard is driving to the basket um and I think the other thing to watch with him and this is this is no different than Duran who you know was one of the guys who who didn't you know play a ton of minutes tonight is you know we're gonna continue to see teams test them in ball screens to see what they can do uh and I thought there were times when he did an adequate job from a coverage standpoint and there was others where uh it really kind of got everybody else in, in rotation so I thought it was kind of an uneven night Ryan you're kind of nodding a little bit when you know at least some of those things I was talking about but
1: yeah, you're, you're right you're right in some places you're, no you're you right you're some actually, of the time yeah, yeah. You're, you're actually spot on uh the I texted you guys earlier I was like Bronk is shaky like he was you know losing the ball not catching it great getting weird positions he had two turnovers which for a post guy and you know, they were early for a post guy. That's, that's not good. Um, but he really settled into the game. I thought as it went on. And again, he's an Indiana guy playing his first regular season home game at assembly hall. I mean, you get it, and, and there were a couple guys who came out a little a little hot early. I thought uh, Jerome Hunter came out a little hot early too. You know, just kind of not settled and and not you know focused necessarily on the right things. And so I would say that uh, that Joey really settled down. in the, the first half, I was a little, especially early in the first half, I was a little concerned with how he was playing. And you know, it's like we expect a lot from this guy. We've heard a lot from him. Let's you know, let's see what happens. But he really kind of let the game come to him in the second half, and I thought he was much better on the basket in the second half. I thought he was much better defensively in the second half. Uh, snagged seven rebounds, finished his, his coach said with eleven and seven, and uh, really settled into the game. But but yeah, that that beginning, I was not super confident in what we're seeing from Joey Brunk. But again, it's early season. The, the next, we're gonna repeat that over and over again for the next few weeks. It's like, hey, it's early. A lot of guys are playing or used to playing. All this stuff. Um, we're gonna we're gonna see them settle in, and hopefully uh, we see more of second half Joey Bronk. Yeah,
0: I don't, and I don't think with him it's not it's not lack of effort or understanding. I think you're seeing a little bit of a guy who played in a different system for a couple years and is starting to adjust and and figure out what his role is really going to be here. So, um, I I, I kind of shared some of your. Uh, your fear, I think, in the first half. But I think you did too. It's kind it of like, wait a minute. Because Joey Brooke bit. is
1: the last guy you expect shaking this from. Well, I think that I think
0: the hard part is,
1: sure. yeah, I
0: think, but but there was a little bit of that that would happen in the offseason where everybody would kind of point back to like, yeah, but look at what he actually did at Butler and what some of the numbers were and how does that really jive with a lot of the praise that he was getting or what he was being praised for in the offseason. So I think you're seeing a little bit of that where, you know, I think some of the things that he does are a little bit more, uh, intangible, which, you know, sure. as cliche as that is to say, I don't know that he's a guy that's going to light up the stat sheet on at any given point anyway. So, uh, yeah. And
2: my point was he's a lunch pail guy and he got 11 and seven. Um, and, and it yeah. didn't, you know, it wasn't anything brighter. Yeah, didn't stand exciting. out for sure. Yeah, he, Even I, his, I you know, that. he had a, he had a dunk, but it wasn't like uh TJD dunk, you know, <laughs> but and you gotta like you gotta like those guys uh, that can uh, improve within the game as well.
1: Hey, you need you need guys like Joey Bronk on a Big Ten roster. You just do. You need a lunch pill yep. guy who's going to work hard and not mind taking some hits and taking some bumps for you, and and you know continuing to get up and get after it.
0: All right, well, coming up on the assembly call, we're going to hand out our game balls and uh, hit any other lingering storylines. Look ahead to IU's next opponent. opponent. Then it will be time for last call. That's all next here on the assembly call. Stick with us.
1: eyes i never miss an open three and i never miss an episode of the assembly call
0: you're listening to the assembly call iu postgame show catch us live immediately following every iu basketball game plus every thursday night at our website assemblycall.com and while you're there make sure you sign up for our free iu hoops newsletter over seven thousand of your fellow iu fans have subscribed to our email list you can also text IU to 66866 to subscribe to the newsletter. That's IU to 66866. I'm Andy Bottoms here with Ryan Phillips and the coach, Brian Tonsoni, and we are breaking down Indiana's 98-65 to 65 win over Western Illinois. And now it's time for game balls. Uh, so, you know, a lot of guys played well in this one. I think there are probably two guys that are, uh, are potentially top of mind for everyone here. Uh, so, Ryan, I'll throw it to you first.
1: <laughs> I'm taking Al Durham, man. Perfect game. You can't. You do not. Just like in baseball, you can't diss the perfect game. Uh, I thought Justin Smith was great, but I'm going with Al Durham. I thought the spark he provided early kind of set IU on the path to blow it out to about a 20 point lead at halftime. Um, and and I thought that the timing of that was great. I thought Justin Smith. I know he's gonna he, he's gonna get votes from some people for sure. Deserved. He played a great game, but Justin Smith with the I mean, Al Durham was seven for seven from the field, three of three from three, four of four from the free-throw line, 21 points, four rebounds, three assists, only one turnover. He's my guy this week. Coach, what about you?
2: All right, so I'm going to throw it to to you, Andy, for the deciding vote. It's this kind is of exactly
0: to... how I feared this would play out. Yeah, I definitely should a... have used my I host powers. First, I should I have, have used no my problem. host powers. but yeah, uh, I have
2: no problem with L whatsoever, but I'm going to go with Justin Smith. I've been very uh, critical of Justin and, and his – uh, mental focus and that and I just thought that he was locked in defensively from the start I thought offensively he was fantastic um, and th- that's just really good to see because that just makes Indiana that much better and and a career high 20 24 points 11 of 17 um, seven rebounds uh, was active rebounding uh, the basketball only two turnovers i I think that that effort uh gets my game ball with a mad respect to el on on a perfect offensive night uh, and it's more justin defensively too uh i thought think um is why I'm going with justin I
0: feel like I should just pick a third guy and then uh and then split the vote but i will not and
2: then go to the chat mob I will not instance. abstain
0: and and do that yeah I'll have to let you guys say what the uh what the chat mob is is saying uh i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with justin um i think one of the things that I liked, I alluded to this a little bit in the the perfect game. I I am shocked at you, Andy bottoms. I know. What are you going to do? Um, I'm sure you're not the first person I've disappointed today, so don't worry about it. (laughs) Uh, So I think, uh, you know, with me, I I think it was, it was a lot of what coach said, just seeing him that dialed in for that period of time. I, I think the other thing that I really liked was, um, it started with something that I didn't like. And I alluded to this in the beginning where, you know he took a couple you know the first three that he took was not a good shot there was another jumper that wasn't necessarily a great shot and and kind of reflected him you know getting a little bit away from what had made him successful early in the game and then he kind of came down i think was frustrated with himself made a reach in foul and then Archie basically took him out right away uh, and I really like to see that from Archie. And and as much as anything, I liked how Justin responded after that because he continued. He came back in the game and got back to what he was doing at the beginning. He did eventually hit that three-pointer, um, but really ran the floor well, continued to play well on the defensive end. And I think you know, some of those kinds of things where somebody gets on him in a first half of a game last year, I don't know that he responds he in the same way as, into his shell, yeah. as what we saw. So I think that's a... You know, we're all in the, you know, one game sample size scenario at this point to, you know, overreact to anything and everything that happened. But uh, I think that from a, a, men, a mental standpoint, given especially what you've talked about with him, Ryan, with just a you know confidence factor and, and the way that he thinks the game and some of those those kinds of things, I feel like that was uh, I, I was excited to see that from him and the way that he responded to that challenge.
2: I we're will catching say, some grief in the chat mob. Yeah, um, people
1: following the, the chat on uh, on the YouTube feed are, uh, are, are, are 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 outraged, are outraged. against Andy's choice. But I will say this: I th- I thought both were um were were worthy. I I just gave it to Al because of the spark he provided, the time he provided, and you know. He was perfect on the night. You go. I will. I will I, hey, I'm going to hold those
2: guys in the chat room who feeds them on football Saturdays. So oh, don't get too loud in the chat room. I'll cut you guys off.
0: Well, the other thing I would say is, well, you know, last year I felt like there were some games where we didn't have anyone to pick. So maybe we just like hold over this performance from Al and give him like <laughs> a retroactive one at some point later in the season. If the, uh, if the situation should arise. But uh, that being said, so uh, you know, next up for IU, uh, well, next up for us is Assembly Call Radio on Thursday night where we can talk a little bit more about this. Maybe we'll get Jared's thoughts uh, around who he would have given his game ball to. Uh, and then uh, probably Al, quite frankly, but uh, nevertheless. Um, and then next game is Saturday, I believe, at 2 p.m. Uh, Eastern against Portland State. So the, uh, the football Hoosiers have the weekend off, so no – no conflict there, uh, so they play at two o'clock against Portland State. Uh, for those of you who don't know a lot about Portland State, uh, you can join the club. Uh, as I look in uh, in Ken Palm, they are ranked preseason about number two seventy-five. At least that's what it is right now. Picked to finish around the you know kind of lower middle of the pack in the Big Sky Conference. Uh, so. You know, not not a ton that we'll know about them in terms of whether they they will they were playing uh, Puget Sound tonight in what will be a a sure good tune up for IU. Sounds like a
1: barn burner. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: last year they really struggled defensively. They ranked 314th in adjusted efficiency, uh, so should be another game where a number of IU players. Uh, can do well on the uh, you know on the offensive end. The one thing they did exceptionally well though because it was not shooting the ball where they also ranked 319th in effective field goal percentage. number one offensive rebounding percentage in the nation a year ago and uh, and did a good job ranked in ranked 60th at uh, free throw rate getting to the line. So if there's anything you want to look at this you know preventing offensive rebounds feels like it should be something that an, an IU team with this much size should uh, should certainly do well at. So you know that that remains to be seen, but that'll be uh, you know potentially a a test for them in that regard um, as you look down. Although it it would uh, looks like you know most of the guys with high, a couple of the guys with high offensive rebounding marks for them last year were seniors, but there was a couple of juniors who uh, did well on that end as well. So you know if there's anything to watch in that game, it will probably be uh, what happens on the glass because it feels like another case where uh, IU should be able to get a lot of guys going offensively. Uh, so with that, uh, I think we're any other, any, anybody else we need to hit, we haven't talked trace yet. Um, probably worth giving him a couple minutes. I, I felt like this was a game when, and I know Ryan, I think you brought this up earlier. Uh, you know, maybe he could have double, double if he played longer. It felt like a game where he could have just scored whenever he, he felt like it, yeah. um, just to, to kind of, I think all of his physically were, the
1: best player on the floor. No yeah, question. Just as physically as
0: overmatched whoever else was yeah. there. And I thought rebounded the ball well for, uh, you, you know, for somebody who, um, you know, we expect that of, but I think I feel like Archie had made some comments uh, in in the preseason that you know wanted to see him improve there. So uh, he had six rebounds, five defensive, one offensive there, uh, and he
1: probably could have had a couple more, but his teammates snagged ones that were going to him. I mean, also, it was also. it was a free for all on the gra- on the glass, really, for IU tonight. Yeah. Do
2: you guys think that he looks more comfortable right now with his back to the basket when they he can make that little sigma move and face up and dribble in to yeah. his left hand? Well, I, so I you think he, wonder if he'll get more run at the five at sometimes instead of that two two post. Because, boy, when he was at the five and at the 12-minute mark in the first half when Indiana made their run to put you know put some distance, uh, I really like that lineup. And I think that frees him up a little bit more to do what he does. So it would be interesting to see uh, if he gets some runs solo at the five instead of uh, kind of being force-fed at the four.
1: Yeah, I think he'll get some time on the block at the five uh, when IU goes smaller, and I think Hunter will get some run at the four as a result of that. And, and even a two-headed monster of of Trace and and Reese Thompson at the at the forward spots is 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 a real possibility. So I, I think that there's going to be a lot of mix and match lineups. I think that's what the next couple of games are going to be about is figuring out who does what, where with who, and, and where the chemistry lies. Um, but yeah, I thought Trace was great tonight, and and you know the blocks. Uh, We're all fantastic. He threw a four blocks. I mean, you know, the kid is a monster from the weak side and he's going to continue to be a monster from the weak side for as long as he's on campus.
0: Yeah. I I do think that'll be one of the things to watch from a lineup perspective um, is what can, you know, what are Joey and Duran able to give you on, on either end of the floor and, do they struggle at times enough defensively where you need to go small and do that? And I think those can be effective lineups for IU, uh, particularly with Justin Smith playing the way that he is. You can slide him at the four, Race Thompson at the four, as, as you mentioned. Um, and, and the guards, uh, those who have been healthy, have have played well. And I think you'll see Jerome Hunter eventually be able to uh, you know, slide to that rotation as he continues to knock the rust off. So... I think you can get by uh, with a lot of things in some of these early early games, and once the competition starts to ratchet up in December, uh, I'd be curious if you see more of those lineups where uh, where Trace is playing at the five. All right, you're listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show, and remember that because you're an Assembly Call listener, you get 20% off of your entire order at homefieldapparel.com with the promo code ASSEMBLY20. So if you want a great deal on the most comfortable and unique IU apparel that you'll find anywhere, go to homefieldapparel.com and use the promo code Assembly20 for 20% off your entire order. All right, guys, it's time for last call for the night. So uh Ryan, why don't
1: you uh why don't you take take the first one? One and oh, baby. One and o. That's 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 the uh the takeaway tonight. I thought they played really well. Um uh, you know, in the Archie Miller era and in the Tom Green era, there are a couple early season games that were too close for comfort. And I thought that Indiana just took care of business tonight. It was workmanlike. They overwhelmed, overpowered, and just overworked uh, Western Illinois from about the 10-minute mark of the first half on. I thought it was just exactly what you wanted to see out of this team. You've got a size advantage. You've got a length advantage. Just attack and grind that team down. And you saw it. Western Illinois just absolutely ground down in the second half. and, And it was... Exactly what we wanted to see out of these guys. And, and, you know, seeing Al Durham get to play and, and play as well as he did, seeing Justin Smith jump off the page, and, and then seeing Rob Finnessy, who, you know, a couple of weeks ago, maybe like a week and a half ago, we didn't know how long he was going to be out, and how long it was going to take him to get back into the rotation. You know, played 18 minutes, scored 14 points, looked good. Um, and obviously his timing will get better because he hasn't been on the practice court in, uh, as much as some of the other guys. But we still got Devontae Green coming back, too, folks. I mean, this is going to be a good team and it's going to be a balanced team. It's going to be a team that can attack on, on multiple levels of the floor. Um, I, I don't think if you're an Indiana fan, I don't see how you could be anything but excited after this. These guys did exactly what they had to do and they come at you in waves from different angles with different guys. This is a really talented team. And, and, you know, I think they're going to be fun to watch over the next couple of weeks as they sort of develop into their own. And then, you know, hopefully they're up to where they need to be when big 10 season kicks off.
0: All right, coach over to you.
2: Uh, I, I, think we need to watch how this team plays more than what the results are and tonight was positive they played well offensively played well defensively yes you're going to be able to find some areas that they need to pay attention to uh, and and Archie and staff will get going on that right away as they get ready for Saturday's game but I was really impressed as I said in opening the team uh, aspect um, and that's the depth and that's the ball movement and that's the, the the sharing the uh, the ball that is the the tagging on defense and helping each other on defense. It's all of that. And that was really good to see that plays later on in the year as that even gets better within this uh, season. So watch how they play in the next few games. Uh, not so much – who the opponent is or, or what the, the the final score is. I think that's important. I will remind uh, listeners that the replay will be on the Big Ten Network Thursday morning at 9 a.m. if you want to set your DVRs or better yet, just skip work, you know, and, and stay home and, and watch it and call in late. Uh, you know, I have some days off. I may do that again. Uh, but enjoy this this team. I think it's going to be enjoyable. Uh, there will be some bumps along the road, but what a good way to get started as opposed to maybe winning by 12 or 15 and having a lot of issues and wondering about this team. I think this team has some upside and it's good to get the season started.
0: All right. And and for me, yeah, this team in general is is really intriguing to figure out how it all comes together. Uh, as I was rolling out my preseason bracketology on Inside the Hall, there were a lot of questions about IU and either why they weren't in or what kind of held them back in my eyes. And I, I tried to summarize that today, and I thought it was you know, something that I really tried to watch for tonight. You know, Basically, my point was that the overarching concern about the roster is that it just doesn't have a lot of guys that you know what you're going to get from them on a game-in and game-out basis. And that ultimately kind of held me back from saying, yeah, I think this – this looks like a tournament team or this is going to be a tournament team. And I think that possibility is there. And so these early games for me are a way to try to figure out like, who are those guys going to be? And tonight uh, and and even in the exhibition, you know, Justin has really played well and looks like a little bit of a different guy. It's a two game. uh, It's a two game sample. So you hesitate to make too much of that. But if you can continue to watch these games through that lens of, you know, kind of what you said, coach of how do they play? So what does he look like? Is he, you know, take plays off, or does he really come and and bring it for an extended period of time? Do we see that kind of shooting and confidence from Al, uh, you know, on a night in and night out basis? And and do we see Rob getting back to be a guy that you know we we saw at the beginning of his freshman season and was derailed by injuries and hopefully not derailed by injuries again? And uh, just trying to see all the pieces fit together. So this is you know the first the first step in trying to figure out. Who, who are this team's guys that we're going to count on night in and night out uh that are out there and so it's a it was a positive start for a lot of guys i think a balanced effort uh, and the balance is something that we're going to harp on uh, over the course of the season but you need a few rocks that you can you know count on uh game in and game out and so tonight was kind of sets the baseline for some of that and then we'll figure out figure out from there who those guys can be and how they can step forward. So while the competition might not be the best in some of these games, um, to me, those are the kinds of things to watch for to really see what is established uh, over the course of the the early games that's going to hopefully carry in to December when the competition gets tougher and into January when Big Ten play hits full swing. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Assembly Call IU postgame Show. If you want to hear us do the show live and be part of the live chat, Make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash assembly call. And don't forget to go to assemblycall.com or text IU to 66866 to join our free email newsletter. Special thanks to longtime listener Bob Thompson, who produced much of the music you hear on the show. And thank you for listening. We'll be back to talk IU hoops again with you on Thursday night.
2: Take it from me, Freddie Macs, Wayne Jr. Keep your elbows in, your eyes on the rim,
1: and man, go up and dunk the ball. Go Hoosers. Thank everybody for coming out. All right, I gotta get out of here, folks. Thank you.
2: Cascade Platinum every night saves you water every night. Come meet me at the dishwasher base.
0: See, hand washing dishes at your sink uses about four gallons of water every two minutes.
2: Sink.
0: But with Cascade Platinum at your dishwasher, four gallons of water gets the whole job done. So the flow of
2: that H2O. And change your
0: routine. Do it every night with Cascade Platinum. A
2: surprising way to save water. Class leading rear legroom. Available Mark Levinson Pure Play sound system. And now, for the first time, all wheel drive. If there's anything missing from the Lexus ES, it's
1: you, the Lexus ES. Now available with all wheel drive. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Click the banner to discover more. 2021 ES versus 2020-2021 competitors. Information from manufacturer's website as of 7-16-2020. Mark Levinson is a registered trademark of Hartman International Industries, Inc.
2: Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.